Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. Okay, so we're coming in to the Word of God, and uh, I don't want to break a confidence, but how many of you can think that you're, you're totally free and you're just getting on with your life and everything's going really well and then something happens and you realise actually there's a, there's a level of freedom that I haven't got and that is what happened to your pastor a couple of weeks ago. I'm not going to say any more than that, I'm not going to break any confidences but he stepped into a new level of freedom and so he is highly qualified to come and preach whatever he's going to preach this evening. So would you like to come up to the stage pastor? No, he doesn't want to come. Let's not, not clap him, not clap him. I'm joking, I'm joking. Good evening, everybody. You all sound like, of all the weeks we've been here, what, just over a year, so over 50, sorry, let's guess, 55 weeks, you guys seem the most up for it. We'll do this in light, or we'll do this in darkness, but we will definitely do this. Um, If you're wondering why my voice is a little bit croaky, it's a combination of a bit of a cold and shouting too much at the football yesterday. I'm worshipping this morning, uh, but um, um, if Kate says it sounds a bit sexy, then I'm all right. And for those of you who don't know, want the clarification, she is my wife, so that's all good. So this morning, who was at the, the hub this morning? Show of hands. Okay, about half of you. Uh, we had a fantastic morning where we were looking at revival and Claire's just mentioned it we are believing as a leadership team and dispersing out to the members of the church more and more week by week that God is on the move now we know he's always on the move but I'm talking about something significant something specific for us now he's probably moving global wise as well but we're a part of that and we believe that the something of God that is coming our way and you're all invited I'm invited you're invited and I want to just encourage you to to position yourself and that was what this morning was all about it was about receiving the promises of God it was about um, receiving the fullness of God and it was about um, being steadfast and committed to the call of God on our lives and the plans and the promises and the purposes of God colliding into our lives at the appropriate time. And I want to frame my, my message this evening, and I just want to be vulnerable as well and say, I don't know how this is going to go. Uh, so kind of take the journey with me. It's going to be all right, but I'm not quite sure which turns we might take. But I've got a rough idea, and um, I've got a rough plan which I'm going to stick to. But the verse that I want to start with this evening is from 2 Peter 1.3. And it says this, By his divine power, talking of God, he has given us everything we need for, life, for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. I mean, you could just stop on those last few words and meditate for the rest of the day. God's marvelous. What is it to be marvelous? His glory and his excellence. 
See, you and I, if we are in Christ Jesus, we shouldn't need, hear me out, we shouldn't need anything. Because everything has been deposited in us when we accepted him. You see, when we gave our lives up and invited Jesus' life in, with that came the fullness of God. All of his promises, all of his help, all of his power, all of his might, everything we need for life and godliness is within us. It's not at our disposal. It's actually in us. Does anybody believe the Bible? Right? Okay, we need to believe the Bible over our feelings, right? Our feelings are important, but the Bible is authoritative over all, and it's over our feelings and over what even we think is right, over our knowledge. That's why the Bible says to be transformed by the renewing of your minds, okay? Our minds should come into a line with the Word of God. So we've got everything, guys. We've got everything we need. If we've got everything, why is it that we struggle? Why is it that we hit problems? Why is it that life doesn't suddenly go all swimmingly the moment that you accept Jesus into your life? Let me remind you, if you haven't been, um, if you've been around and listening to the sermons we did at the beginning of the year, and it's a little theme that I've preached over the years, and that is that we are three-part beings, and this is important for tonight. We are first and foremost spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. When we accept Jesus into our lives, he comes into our spirit. Our spirit opens itself up to the spirit of God. Suddenly, God is living in his fullness inside of us. But our soul is where the renewing happens. Our soul is where the transformation happens. Our soul is where we are becoming more like Christ. And all of that is carried in our body. Does that make sense? Just in a general term. So, If the spirit is perfect, then the work we have to do is in the soul realm. And a lot of that, because the soul contains the mind, the will, and the emotions, a lot of that happens in the mind. I'm going to need this water, aren't I? I'm getting worse and worse. Or better and better, Kate's thinking. She's not. She's not at all. I made all that up. She didn't say anything about my sexy voice. Just wishful thinking. Here's another verse that just encapsulates this. Ephesians 6, 10, 12. And this is the answer, or part of the answer. A final word Paul says to the Ephesians, he's writing his letter to the Ephesians, he's coming to the end, he says this. He's wrapping it all up with something poignant. He says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Does anybody who is a Christian in this place know that we're in a battle? I think you all do because you just, I just felt the, the spiritual atmosphere lift a few notches when we sang um, Surrounded. This is how I fight my battles. We know that there is a battle. You see, God took the children of Israel. He brought him, he got them out of slavery, got them free, and he took them through the wilderness, and it took some time, but he got them into the promised land. But how many of you remember that in the promised land there were some battles to fight? And that's where we are right now. That's where we are in our lives. There are battles that we have to 
fight through. And those battles are not in the flesh, in the world. They're in the spiritual realm. And we are going to battle in the spiritual realm. I'm trusting that you're battling with Jesus inside of you, standing on his promises. But sometimes we can get complacent. Sometimes we can be off guard. Sometimes we can think that things aren't going on, as Kate said, in our lives when they actually are. We can be deceived because our enemy is the deceiver, right? He's the one who wants to go undercover. He's the one who wants to confuse us. He's the one who wants us to think that we're all right when we're not all right. He wants you to think that your, your life now, the areas that you're struggling in, he wants you to think that it doesn't matter, everyone struggles. Well, it does matter because we're called to be overcomers. In fact, the Bible says that you are more than overcomers if you are in Christ Jesus. I'm just going to go through the voice barrier. I don't know what's going to happen. If it all goes, then we'll just, I don't know, do sign language or something. But we'll be all right. The devil doesn't want me to preach, does he? But I'm going to preach. And I don't care what it takes. Let me, let me picture this for you. I want to, I, want to, I want to preach. I just want to talk to you. I want to use some symbols. I want to use some imagery. I want to use a, a happening in my life um, from a few weeks ago and it's all happened in my back garden in the last uh, three weeks something oh, about three weeks ago we came back off holiday um, some of you who are on Facebook will know that I came on for the first time in a while and asked Facebook land a question about one of the bushes in my garden because what happened what's, I don't know what language to put on it but the language that I put on now is that it fell over. Here's a picture of it, if you didn't see it. This is what I came back to after two weeks away. My bush literally fell over. And I was like, what on earth has happened here? I mean, it looks like it's been vandalized. It looks like somebody's come over the fence and trampled on it, but they haven't. They haven't. Nothing happens nothing happens in our neck of woods like that people don't scale fences in our area uh, and, and it, it's the neighbor's fence as well so it just when there's no footprint there's no it just it's fallen over you can see the back of it is somewhat dead because it's when it was upright it was against the fence so there was no sunlight on it but the pure way and I hadn't pruned it for a while as well so it was growing into the sun and the weight of it was uh, pushing it over and it actually fell but I realized something as well even more poignant that made it fall and if you put the next picture on you can actually see behind the bush where the roots were it was really weird because the roots were still in the ground solid in the ground but just started to come through I actually dug that out um, last week I thought right I'm having this I'm going to find out what the problem is I'm going to I mean I decided that I wasn't going to try and resurrect it I was going to get it out and start again and, uh, but what I did I, I dug it out and I found some I found part of the problem it wasn't just that it was sitting back against the fence and some of it not getting the sunlight it wasn't that I had just hadn't pruned it and it had just got top heavy and fallen over it was actually because underneath the uh, soil only a few inches was a load of 
Well, there's two things. One, the next picture, there was a load of gravel, right? When I saw the gravel, <clears throat> I started to realize what had happened. There's going to be a message in this, by the way. Just, just stay with me. About, um, I was trying to work this out earlier, uh, 2004, I think it was, 2014. Um, so nine, about nine, ten years ago, uh, we did some landscaping in the garden. Well, I say we, we got somebody in. Um, not that good. Um, we got somebody in to landscape the garden. It was, it was only basic. I think it was new turf and uh, some decking we, we had put on. But what the um, gardener, is that the right word? Landscape gardener. What he did, it shouldn't have been a hard thing to think of, but I got it. What, what he did was he, he, there was a patio that covered the area where the bush was. And around the patio was a border, a thick border of gravel stones. And the cheeky thing, I thought he did it quick. He didn't skip all the rubble. He just banged everything, the new borders and the grass and the decking, all on the old patio. He smashed it up a bit, but he just didn't get rid of it. So you only had to dig down an inch or two, if that, to see all the stones there. And then further down, if you can do the next slide, please. He left all the slabs there. All the flipping slabs. And I'm thinking, there's no wonder. There's no wonder. It's a miracle that anything's grown in this garden. Around the patio area, that is. It, it cut all those up, banged them up. Obviously got a pick on it or something. And then thinking, oh, well, at least some, some roots will grow through the gaps. And he just left it all there. Just wanted to save some time. Didn't want to pay for the skip. Whatever, whatever. There's nobody in this room. I can't even remember who it was. But, but um, if I find them, then... Uh, well, you know what? If I find them, I forgive them because they've given me a good message here. Um, little, little did they know, little did they know that uh, 10 years later, their handiwork would be advancing the kingdom of God. Um, leave that one a second I'll come back to that one I want to put it to you two simple things just go back a slide on that one I'll come back to that um, two simple things for us to reflect on uh, God's going to minister to us today um, one is I, I want to put it to you that the pebbles represent the cares of life the anxieties the worries whether that's to do with finance substance a place to live bills to pay, whatever it is. We've all got cares, haven't we? Haven't we? We've all got cares. Um, but God doesn't want us to be anxious. He says, be anxious for one or two things over there, over there. Just be anxious about the big, no, be anxious for nothing. Nothing. So one of the things I want to encourage us to do, and I want God to speak to you through what I'm saying. I'm going to speak generally, but I'm going to believe. I'm praying right now, Holy Spirit, that you're going to speak to people specifically to do with their situations because God is going to help you. The Holy Spirit is called a helper. Yeah, He's coming now to help. He's living, within, he's living inside you and he's going to help you <clears throat> in your pursuit 
of a godly life. These things are, as the scripture says, you can put that uh, verse up, Jude, 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your cares on him. Why? Because he cares for you. God loves you. If you don't know this, and this is a revelation to you, then receive it for the first time and let it impact your life for the rest of eternity. But if you've heard it a hundred times, I want to tell you a hundred and first time for it to sink in. God cares for you. He wants the absolute best for you. That doesn't mean that everything's going to go brilliantly, but he's taking you to a brilliant place. He wants the best for you. Sometimes that involves going to places that you don't want to do. That involves going through things that you don't want to go through. But he knows best, and he won't put you through more than you can handle. So we want to, we'll get tonight, there's going to be an opportunity where we, we, we cast those pebbles off, we throw them. That means when you leave this place, when you throw them away, you don't go out with them. You, you, you leave them behind, you cast them far away. You become lighter in the process, amen? Now, the residue and the thoughts and the feelings and the emotions might come back to you but you still cast the stones and the pebbles away so when they do that's where you need to renew your mind that's where you need to tell the enemy what you've done with those things when he comes back and tells you that they're still a problem for you no because you've cast them onto Jesus so we're going to do some casting away tonight some of those maybe even periphery things in life that we've just accepted. But God wants us to cast them all on Jesus. Why? Because he can sort them out. He cares for us. And when we give him the issues, he gives us the solutions. He'll comfort us. He'll show us what to do. He'll make us resilient. He will guide us in all good things. So that was the stones. Let's just go back to the slabs. Because there's some casting away, but there's some casting out. The stones and the pebbles represent those cares. And there are cares. It's the Bible says, cast all your cares. Okay, so there's stuff that we've developed we've inhabited, we've created, we've taken ownership of, and we're going to release them to Jesus tonight. But there's some casting out in terms of the demonic. Remember, we're fighting not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in the dark places. So there's something in the spiritual realm now that needs to potentially, not with everybody, but some of us needs to come out. So we're going to cast away our thoughts that aren't of God, but we're going to cast out the demonic influences in our lives that we have let in, whether knowingly, unknowingly, whether to do with our behavior or maybe to do with somebody else's behavior. There's been an entry point, and those slabs represent these things 
that we are going to cast out. And I have brought with me some sedge slabs. These are the ones, okay? And what we're going to do in a minute, I'm going to invite you to come up and as the Spirit of God speaks to you, maybe He's speaking to you now, maybe He spoke to you before you even came here this evening, and there's some pens near the stones. When we sing a worship song in a few minutes, I'm going to invite you to come and write on these broken slabs what it is that you're suffering with right now. Now, it might be demonic. It might not be. But we're going we're gonna to pray together in a minute. And we're going to renounce these things. The things that are troubling us. We're going to pray a general prayer for casting, casting away. But this is all to do now with casting out. This, what we're doing, does not happen very often at all in the average church life. But this, what we're going to do now, should happen often in a Christian's life. How do I know that? Because the Bible says in Mark 16, 17, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. This is Jesus speaking. We can't do it without Jesus. We can't do it without the name of Jesus. But boy, we need to do it so that we can live (coughs) brick dust competing now as well as everything else. So that we, he'll try and get me any way he can, so that we can live not just with the fullness of God inside of us, but live out that fullness. Because when you've got slabs, bricks, blockages of whatever kind they are in your life, you are not going to be able to move into the fullness of what God wants you to move into. God is coming in a special way. He's here in one sense. He's inside of us in a greater sense. But a move, a manifest presence of God is what we are longing for, is what we are believing for. We're believing for multitudes of people to come into our paths, whether it's in Edwalton, here in Bridgeford, Runnington, Cotgrave, Keyworth. And we need to speak freedom over those people. But to be able to deliver and dispense freedom, we've got to be free ourselves well we can still speak it over people but it's going to be a lot better if we have that freedom we have that freedom glint in our eyes we have the experience of I was bound but now I'm free and maybe maybe tonight God is going to turn a page in this day and when we get up tomorrow 
and turn the page again, we realize this is not a page of the same chapter. This is a new chapter. Maybe for some of you it's that radical that the sequel is coming out and it's a new book. This is our desire for us all that we walk in this freedom. God is not going to use Christians. You see, he's building his church, right? That's what the Bible says. But the Bible also says we are co-workers with Christ. That means he's working through us. He's using us. He can't use half-hearted Christians. He can't use people who are held back. He can't, let me clarify, fully use. Of course he can use anybody. He can't fully use how he wants to. People who have got the same old struggles in their life, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, decade and decade after decade. And I stand with Kate and I say today, tonight is the time for freedom. I need a little bit more encouragement. We'll have opportunities probably tomorrow to be free again and next week to be free again and next month to be free again. But this is now, this is today, this is your time, my time with God to say, here we are God once again. We understand your promises that little bit more. We understand that you are fully inside of us. We understand and we believe that you are coming in a fresh new way. But we want to move into that and we want to be a utensil that you can use for good purposes when God spoke to the church at Laodicea he says they were lukewarm it seemed like they they had everything Uh, and when I read that verse recently I had this revelation it's almost like God added a sentence or two to what was happening in my mind and and it when it was this and it transposed to the current day church general statement but it was this is that just like the church at Laodicea we're God is knocking at the doors of the heart. Revelation 3.20 is knocking at the door of the church. In this instance, Laodicea. And it was almost like saying, I'm knocking at the door of my church today. But they're so busy and so loud worshipping me inside, they can't hear me knocking. Do you get what I've said? We can be so busy worshipping him, thinking he is in our midst or putting him in a frame of being here doing this and and our mindset and he's outside knocking saying no 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 I'm out here I want to come into something different to what you're doing that's pretty harsh but the words of Jesus were pretty harsh okay coming into land how do you know if you are correct theological statement demonized let me make this statement first and foremost. In fact, let me make a precursor to the most, the most important thing. The most, most important thing is that Jesus is Lord. He is in full control. The next most important thing to realize is that it's impossible, it's impossible for you to be possessed by a demon. I passionately, theologically, with every bit of insight and understanding of the word of God and I'm not an expert but you can take that statement for what it is realize that if we are in Christ we are his possession 
God bought me and bought you if you accepted him at a very high price. He bought us by his blood. No one, no one can lay claim to you, to any part of your life. You are his if you are in Christ. But what our fight against those powers, those principalities in the dark realms do, they come in the form of demons. Demons are personalities without a body. Very simply, they're personalities without a body. Fallen angels, you might say. And they have influence, controlling, they can have controlling influence in our lives. Here's some thoughts that I wrote down in, in terms of knowing how you might be controlled to some extent, not owned, not possessed, but controlled in some areas of your life, understanding that these demons all have personalities, so they're acting in specific ways according to who they are. One of the things that the demons do, remember this is all in the soul realm, our spirits are complete in Christ and whole, everything we have for life and godliness, in our soul realm is our mind, will and emotions. In our minds, we have our thoughts, remember we're going to cast them off, but we, in, in our minds as well, the enemy can dominate that's what he does. And it's, it's quite a good theological word as well. And it's referenced within um, the Greek of Ephesians 6 that we read at the top. And here's some dominating thoughts that I've just, there's probably hundreds, but here's just a few that will give you an idea of some of the things that might indicate, that might indicate that you are under the influence of a demon. Suicidal thoughts. Bitterness. Uncontrollable anger. If sometimes you just can't, if you just flick into anger, I'm not saying it is a demon, but it could well be a demon. Irrational fear. When you know you shouldn't fear something, but you just do every time. That could be demonic having a grip on you. Panic attacks. Reoccurring nightmares. Maybe there's always a challenge inside your resistance to the Word of God. Maybe even as I'm speaking now, you're listening as best you can and wanting to believe, but there is a resistance as an argument for everything or lots of things that I've said. How can he say that? Where did he get that from? That can be a sign that you're under the control of a demonic power. Compulsive behavior. Any obsessions. Rebellion to authority. I could expand on all of them, but I'll, I'll keep going. Not able to make eye contact. That could be a sign that the enemy is controlling an area of your life. Extremely low self-image. Hostility. Sudden personality changes. Restlessness in spiritual settings. And we haven't talked about healing yet, but 
pain without any justifiable reason could be demonic. Could just be an attack. But if it's repeated and repeated and the doctors don't know what's happening, I'm not saying that every illness is a demon. You might believe that. I'm not going to argue with you on that. But I'm just saying that if you've got something that the doctors just can't put the finger on it, it and it's repeated, it could be a sign that you are demonized. All of these things, all of the demons cannot touch us when we are in Christ, but if we open a door, then they have access. It doesn't mean that every time we sin, a demon comes in, but if there's, particularly if there is rep- repetitive sin, the demon will more often than not come in through that sin. And if it's not confessed and not dealt with, that's where the demon comes and settles. And do you know what? Demons have got a totally different time scale to us. They're in a different realm, just as we're in a different realm when we're in Christ. But the demons are quite happy coming in and lying low. And they'll lie low sometimes for weeks, months, years, even decades. And wait till you're at your most vulnerable point. They will come and they will try and take you down. Now, they can't take you out of the kingdom, but the devil certainly as a good second best wants to make you ineffective. He's not happy that if you've come to Christ, that you're in Christ. But the last thing he wants you to do is to start living in victory and telling everybody else about how to live in Christ. That's the last thing he wants. So he will, he will try and disrupt God's plan in this way. Here are, again, there's probably hundreds of demons, personalities without body, remember. Here's, here's just a few which relate to some of the things I've said. Fear is a demon. Abandonment. Maybe some of you, and I don't know whether you know this, but the Spirit of God can reveal it to you if you don't, and it is a problem. And it won't be everybody, but it might be one or two. Maybe you were not wanted maybe you were a pregnancy that wasn't planned and there was resentment about that amongst your parents maybe you were given away maybe you were adopted and that's not a bad thing but that can open the door to abandonment this i'm saying this to make you realize that these aren't all things the devil's don't come in just because of our sin but they can come in through other people's sin trauma maybe you've been in an accident maybe something you've seen an accident that's traumatized you maybe you've seen something serious and a devil has come in and grabbed hold of your mind I remember when I was a uh, I can't remember how old I was a teenager and I don't know whether any of you are, are, are old enough and you were local, but the, the, the Keyworth bus um, came through Tolerton. Um, and it, it, was a, it was a double-decker bus, but it shouldn't have been a double-decker bus. It should have been a single-decker bus because the bridge in Tolerton could only take a single deck. And it went right through and took the whole of the top row off. People died. And for people in something like that, an accident like that, I can see something of that nature. You see somebody's maybe head 
come off in front of you. That, that, that can traumatize you. If you don't give it, if you've got no one to give it to, the enemy can come in. Lust is a massive one. Rebellion, suicide, resentment, abortion, anger, occult, all these things that are anti-God, that are against the kingdom, they can, not always, but they can be entry points for the enemy to come in. And what we're going to do now is we're going to pray a prayer. We're going to, it's important, there's three things that are important for deliverance like this to happen. And, and it's going to happen just in our seats. There's going to be no coming forward, I don't think, but we're just going to pray and we're going to believe that God's going to do something after our song. But we, we need to do a bit of groundwork. Excuse the pun. And the groundwork is this. There's three things we need to do to get this kind of deliverance. One is that we need um, to recognize the need. And I recognize that in your hearts, just the way you are worshiping tonight. And you're here. Most of you know why you're coming here. So you're up for it. I think we've got that one. You've got to be open to it. If you're not open, God won't do it. He won't help you. So we've got to recognize the need. I need to continue to say, God, is there anything inside of me that, that needs to come out? Is there anything that I need to cast off of my thoughts that need to be casted off? So we need to recognize, we need to repent. I'm just going to lead us in a prayer of repentance, a general one. But make it really meaningful for you in this moment. We need to continually repent. We repent when we come to Christ and forgiveness of sins in the general sense that we can accept Him. But then we need to continue to repent, to confess our sins to one another so that we can live out in the holiness that God desires for us. And then the third thing is to renounce. And that's what we're going to do in an act. When we come forward, once we've recognized that God can bring freedom to us, once we've repented of anything in our life that is not of the kingdom of God, and we'll pray a prayer of renouncing generally, but this is where you and God come in, and the Holy Spirit. I want you to come and anything that you feel prompted when we pray, pray the prayer of repentance and renouncing, I want you to come and put it on one of these slabs as a point of reference, as a divine spiritual, a physical action that has a spiritual consequence and resemblance, okay? So it means that you're going to come here, but you're going to walk away from it, okay? And then... We're going to pray and I'm going to believe. So that's metaphorical, but we're going to believe what's just happened is actually going to happen in the spiritual realm. After the song, we're going to pray and we're going to believe that freedom's going to come. Are we all up for that? Okay. Let's stand to our feet. So I'm going to pray with us all now. And then during the song, just come forward as you feel led. Just right. If, if, even if you're not sure, just anything that you think might be lingering in your life, which is not of God, just come, write it on the slab, come back. We're going to pray and we're going to see some freedom take place tonight here. Amen? So, Father, we thank you right now. We thank you for your goodness. Jesus, we say in this place, Jesus is Lord. Come on, let's say it. Jesus is Lord. And at his name, the demons flee. Lord, so right off the bat, we just want to recognize that you are in our lives. We want to say that you are Lord. We want to thank you for your goodness. And right now, we cast off any of our cares right now. We throw them at Jesus and we leave them there 
in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we repent right now. Say, I repent of everyone. Of any sin. Of anything that is not of your kingdom in this place right now. And I renounce every activity that is not of the Lord Jesus Christ and his kingdom. We say Jesus is Lord. We cry freedom.